0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. And if you're here in the room, please do take a seat. Uh, if you're at home, you've been standing to worship, well, why not do the same? Thank you so much, Mark, musicians, singers. So good to worship the Lord together. It's been so good this week to pray and fast and seek the Lord together in some of our settings on Zoom in the mornings, here in the building, in the evenings. Uh, It is a joy to seek God with you. Well, as Martin said, my privilege to bring you the word this morning. I'm sorry that I'm not Gabriel. Uh, I can't quite match his smile, but I am confident that the word of God will speak to us this morning, which I'm sure is what we have come for. If you want a title today, it's simply this, Will You Go With Me? Will You Go With Me? Boys and girls, great to have you in the room with us this morning. Maybe if you've got your packs or you've got some paper, then uh, if you want to, as you're doing what's on your sheets there, you might also want to draw a picture of someone, maybe of yourself, with God, going with them. I wanna pick up in this time this morning from where we were two weeks ago. Martin brought us a word from Deuteronomy chapter one, the Lord speaking to Moses to God's people saying, you've stayed long enough at this mountain, break camp and advance. Anyone remember that? I know it's a long time ago, a lot's happened since then. Okay, there's two or three. Don't look round, Martin. It might be a little bit discouraging. Two or three people, though, remember that word. Perhaps it's good we're going there again today. Break, camp, and advance. I actually know that that message resonated with a number of people because they've spoken to me and said that. This is not necessarily stirring or provoking a physical move, a geographical move, a change of church, no, we're not looking for that, but maybe more a shift of mindset, maybe more moving from the headspace of where we have been. Certainly the last 18 months have required from all of us a slightly different approach to living. Am I right? Yeah. It's been different. We've had to think different, function differently. Some of the things that we've done have maybe been good. We've all probably found some things in changing ways that actually have been beneficial. Some have been necessary. Maybe some of the things we've found ourselves in have not been so good. Or maybe they were good for the season, but they're not good if you carry them on indefinitely, if you don't move on from them. So there is a sense that the Lord may be calling us onward to break camp and to advance. Now, The day after that preach, Monday morning, I got up to have my devotional time. I normally get up in the morning, just open the Word, spend some time talking to God, reading the Bible. I've been working through Exodus and I had got to Exodus 33. And so I turned to Exodus 33 and was slightly surprised as I got to verse one, and I read it, and it said this, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt. And as I read it, I realized it was the same account, or the same uh, dialogue, the same thing unfolding, but in a different account. The same situation unfolding for Israel, but just being told with a little more detail. And as I read the detail, It began to speak to me afresh and speak to me for this season. And in just a moment, we'll go to that text in Exodus 33 and pick it up there. But let me just remind us for a moment what had been going on for Israel just as they come to this point. Because it's quite a few chapters on from where we were last week with the battle with the Amalekites, where Moses was raising the banner of prayer over them. Now, since that point, they'd been to Mount Sinai. You might be familiar with Mount Sinai. It was the place where the Ten Commandments were spoken to Moses. They were spoken first. He'd then passed them on to the Israelites, all the commandments, and there'd been this kind of confirming of government, this forming of a deal between God and his people. You can read about that in Exodus 24, verse 3. It says this, When Moses told the people all the words and the laws, they responded with one voice, Everything the Lord has commanded and said, we will do. Wow. If you know the story, you'll know it's good and maybe surprising that they were so confident. Because shortly afterwards, God calls Moses up onto the mountain, the place where he gives them the tablets of stone with these commands written down. We're maybe more familiar with an image of that. He gets it all written down. Some of the things that were written down were the instructions for the tabernacle. Loads and loads of them that get explained to us in Exodus 25 to 31, the place that God was gonna dwell among them. But as Moses goes up this mountain, it turns out it took quite a long time. And the people were not very patient. Anyone equate to that this morning? A little bit difficult with patience. It's hard waiting, isn't it? And you don't know when the answer's gonna come. But they started to say, we don't know what's happened to this fellow Moses. And because Aaron was still down there with him, they said, Aaron, make us a god. We don't know if Moses is coming back. And so we took a load of their earrings, they must have been fairly big earrings, put them in a fire and made a golden calf. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with the Ten Commandments, but in case you're not familiar, let me just tell you the top two. Number one says this, you shall have no other gods before me. Commandment number 2. Don't make for yourself any idols. Okay. So we only have to get to number 2 to know that this is not what they should be doing, but here they are. They literally they've just said we will do everything God has said. Give it 5 minutes, no time at all. Here they are with an idol. This is the story. This is what's unfolding. Of course Moses says to Aaron, "What on earth were you doing?" And Aaron Uh, gives this amazing answer. He says, I threw it in the fire, and out came this calf. Now, if you're a parent or a carer, you know this conversation. In fact, maybe if you've ever shared a house with anyone, you know this conversation. It just burst. It just broke. It was like that when I found it. Anyone heard that one? Like that when I found it. Uh, It wasn't me. Yeah, I think we all know that conversation. Out came this calf. It's a conversation of dodging responsibility. This is where we find the Israelites. With an idol, dodging responsibility. It's not a great setup. So on that background, let's turn to Exodus 33, and we're going to read. I'm going to read verses 1 to 3, and then pick up and read verses 12 to 21. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Parasites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you, because you're a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. Now, picking up at verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you've found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, When my glory passes by, I'll put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen." Significant, powerful verses. When I read these verses a couple of weeks ago, I was so surprised at what God said to the Israelites particularly in these first three verses, because it seemed like he was essentially saying, listen guys, it's time for you to move on from here. You need to go, you need to go into the land that I promised, and I promised to your fathers, and I'll send an angel, I'll drive out your enemies, you can go and do that, go into that blessed place, flowing with milk and honey, but I'm not going to come with you. I'm not going with you. Now, I've read these verses before, probably many times, but they hadn't quite struck me in this way. God isn't being unreasonable here. In fact, you might expect him not to go with them, given their behavior, their immediate rebellion and disobedience. In fact, God is being so generous here in his response to them. He's essentially saying, you can have everything that I promised. You can possess everything that I put before you. I will send you supernatural help to do it. I will drive out the enemies ahead of you. For many of us, we would think this is a great deal. If God came and said, I'm going to promise you, I'm going to send you an angel to fulfill all the things I've spoken over your life, I'm I'm going to go ahead of you, It's it's all going to work out. But the problem is here that he says, but I will not go with you. I found it so surprising. It's almost like God is saying you can have all the stuff, but I can't go with you if you're gonna function like this. You see, how could a holy God dwell among a people so seemingly incapable, unwilling to do what He asked and required of them, unwilling to honor His presence among them? Because you see, he would have to respond to that. He would have to discipline that along the way. The chances of them actually surviving that, giving their dubious start, their their chances were not good. So God says, you know, I'll I'll make sure you get what I said you would get, but I'm not going to go with you. You can have the stuff, you can have the promise, but I will not go with you. If you had read on to verse 4 today, we'd have read that the people were distressed by those words not surprisingly, and and God tells him that he's gonna go and decide what he's gonna do with them, whether he'll go with them or whether he won't. You see, you cannot be careless with the presence of God. You cannot be careless with the presence of God. So God says to them, you know, you can disregard the covenant that we've made, and you can still have some of the stuff I'll still give that stuff to you, but for me to go with you, that is a different thing altogether. To be dwelling with you, walking with you, for the presence of God to be with you. You see, to have the presence of God with them is not something that God could just put on them, could deliver on them or leave them with. In fact, for them then or for us now, God can't just put that on us without some sense of willing, active cooperation, some attempt at alignment. Because you know, whilst no person other than Jesus can ever live completely God's way, if our conduct overtly, repeatedly, deliberately goes against God, against his nature, against the things that he said, do we really want him to go with us? Do we really want him walking with us, correcting us, disciplining us, refining us? You can't be careless with the presence of God. He's gracious, yes, but he also disciplines his children. It's what a loving father always does. You cannot be careless with the presence of God. Not surprisingly, the people were so distressed at what they heard. The thought for them of going without God, even though they weren't sure they wanted God, was difficult. So they're waiting to hear what God will decide to do. But it is Moses who has the follow-up conversation with God, which is good news for the Israelites. Because really he says to God, okay, you've told me that I need to lead these people, but you've not told me who's going with me. And then he says this, he says, teach me your ways so that I may know you. Moses isn't all focused on the destination of the promised land, which wouldn't be unreasonable if he was. He'd been plucked out of the desert and sent to go and bring these guys out of slavery to take them into a promised land. But he's not focusing on the land. He's not focusing on the promise. He's not focusing on the stuff. He is focused on God himself. He's focused on knowing him. Really, Moses is asking in another way, will you go with me? I want to know you. I'll do the stuff, but I want to know you. Will you go with me? And the Lord replies with the beautiful words of verse 14 where he says, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Of course, the Lord knows that the promise is important, or what he replies to Moses here is even more precious. Now maybe you've been in a situation, maybe you're in one now, asking God for an outcome, a breakthrough, or just his help in something, and into the situation he speaks. But you know, he doesn't speak to you about the stuff, the things that you're worrying about, maybe even the things that you've been praying about. It's my experience, often he doesn't speak to me about those things, but he does say, I'm with you. My presence will go with you. I'll give you rest. Some of you just need to hear that word again this morning because it's the word of the Lord to you. It says, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. This is actually the most precious, powerful reassurance you can ever receive. Perhaps the best word you can ever have from God, that the Almighty, the one who put the stars in the sky, has promised and is promising and is committing to go with you and to stay with you and to be with you. I think Moses knew this, and so he replies with these words, which are perhaps familiar. Verse 15, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me, with your people, unless you go with us? What will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? You see, God had given them some laws, some ways to live that would have marked them out as different to others, but Moses is pleading with God because he knows that the thing that will really mark them out as different is God's presence among them. That's what truly sets them apart. Moses can't even envisage making a journey without God's presence among them, without him going with them. God's presence makes his people different. It has always been so. Mark shared a little story at prayer on Thursday. He'd been getting into uh, a taxi, and the taxi driver had asked him, said to him, I I don't know why he asked, but he said, do you work in construction? Were you wearing a hard hat, Mark? No. Anyway, he asked him if he worked in construction. Mark said, no, no, I work for a church. And the taxi driver said to him at that point, he said, I knew you did something like that because when you got in the car, I felt something in my heart. It's not just Mark, friends. It's the presence of God in us. When we get in a car... It changes the car. When we walk in the room, it changes the room. It's the power of the presence of God in us. The presence of God makes us different. Moses knew they needed it. He desired it, and he receives God's reassurance, I will go with you. In just a moment, we'll return to what he says next at the end of that chapter. But let me just go to the big picture story, because the story for the Israelites unfolds well, because God says, I will go with you. Assured that God will go with them, they they crack on, they build this tabernacle, the carefully crafted construction where sin would be atoned for, where God would dwell with them and meet with them. And if we just jump ahead to the very end of Exodus, end of chapter 40, I think the verses will come up on the screen. When the tabernacle is completed, it says this, the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud didn't lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and the fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during their travels. The presence of God came and filled the tabernacle. He made their dwelling among them. And in all their travels, they waited for this cloud of God's glory and presence to lift and to show them when it was time to set out where they were meant to go, he led them by going with them. His presence became their guide, leading them into the very things that he would promised, but they weren't looking at the promise, they were looking and focusing on the presence. maybe you have some promises. You're here today. You're joining us online. Maybe you have some promises, some hopes, some aspirations, some stuff that God has spoken over your life, some stuff you want to fulfill. The truth is that all of us, we've been created in Christ Jesus with good works prepared in advance for us to do. That's what Ephesians 2 tells us. There's much for all of us to do. But sometimes... We can get a word from God, and we go and rush off after the stuff. We crack on to try to make it happen. A bit, if you like, like Abraham, who'd been promised a son, and because it was a long time coming, he, with his wife's maidservant, Hagar, had Ishmael. He made some stuff happen because he focused on the promise instead of on God himself doesn't mean we shouldn't make stuff happen. Making stuff happen isn't wrong in and of itself, but these verses, this account, they make me refocus. They help me to see that we have been invited not just to do the stuff, not just to walk in promises fulfilled, not just to transform the city or make a difference where we've been placed, although these things will be great, but we've been invited into something way more precious than the stuff that we might know Him, that we might be relational, intimate with God Himself, to the point where when His presence moves, we see it, we know it, we sense it, we're looking for it, and we will be guided by it. And that very presence will then lead us into all that He has promised, all that he has spoken, all the stuff, and he will go with us. Now, as I look at the story, I don't actually know how the Israelites could have made the journey without God going with them when you see how this unfolded. Maybe he would have sent an angel who would have indicated when it was time to move on. I don't know if it was really even possible. But the truth that we see here is that God was willing to just make a way for them to inhabit the land, but what he really desired was to go with them. He wanted to be their guide and their God, but they needed to want to go with him also. He couldn't just put this on them, and they needed to not be careless with the presence of God. Moses was not careless with the presence of God. He was passionate about it. In fact, when he was promised that the presence of God would go with him, he dared to ask for even more. Not that the presence wasn't enough, but Moses knew there was more of God than he had yet perceived. So he says in verse 18, Now show me your glory. Wow. He wants to know God more. He wanted to behold God more. I know there's more of you. I don't want to stop at the little you've shown me. I want to see the fullness of what you are like. And so the Lord says, these amazing words, I'll cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. But You cannot see my face, because no one can see me and live. I know that sounds all rather mysterious. It's hard to describe the glory of God and how you might see it. But Moses is enabled to see something of God's glory by standing on a rock, that is near to God, and it says God hides him in the cleft of the rock and reveals himself to Moses. Now when I read this verse that says, there is a place near me where you can stand on a rock, I cannot help but think of Jesus. There is a place near me where you can stand on a rock, the rock. There is one who enables us to stand near to God, and when we stand on him, makes proximity a possibility here's the question will you go with me will you go with me you know we don't need to be afraid of the presence of god when we stand in jesus because all of our sin and our rubbish all the stuff that can get in the way the golden calves that may have distracted us the countless other things that would make us unfitting to have god with us they can all be forgiven when we confess them and when we stand in Jesus. You know, the scripture says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our sin from us. But friends, do we really want him to go with us? To lead us? For his presence to tell us when it's time to move and when it's time to stay? And will we ask of God, will you go with me? I think, you know, perhaps the most important prayer that I pray most days Holy Spirit, will you help me to partner with you today? And in your kindness, would you partner with me today? Really, I'm saying, Lord, will you go with me today? And help me not to just do my own thing, but to go with you today. I want to go with you. So I just ask you today do you desire his presence to go with you? Because, yes, there is grace. But we cannot be careless with the presence of god for the israelites they were required to build a tabernacle specifically constructed special instructions for how it could be entered what was to go on there they had if you like to make room for the presence of god to attend to the presence of god there were some things that needed to be attended to daily there was a lampstand that needed to be kept burning from the evening till the morning there were offerings that need to be brought as sin was confessed They couldn't be careless with the presence of God. I suggest the same is true for us, perhaps not in the same way. These verses pose us the simple question today, as if from God this morning. Will you go with me? Will you nurture in your life the place for God's presence? It requires our active engagement. It may require some time, some things that we might need to attend to daily, opening his word, opening our hearts, talking to him. It may require the aligning of some things in our lives, sorting some stuff out maybe, maybe confessing, dealing with some sin. This is the business of being a Christian, friends. It may require a change in who you hang out with, if that's not helpful. It may require you simply to ask him to verbalize, will you go with me, Lord? I want to go with you. Perhaps you find yourself a bit far from God today, and actually the place or your prayer might be, Lord, help me to want you to go with me. You know, every good response that happens in our hearts is because the Holy Spirit is working, so we can always invite him to help us get to where we need to get to. But friends, it is a place that we can stand near to God, to stand on the rock where we can know Him and be near to Him. If you will go with Him, He is making it clear in these verses that His heart is to go with you. I'm just gonna invite the band to come and join me. Will you go with me? Do you desire to nurture His presence? Do you desire to attend to that, to allow Him to guide you and to lead you? I'm going to invite us to come to a simple response as I come to a close today. You know, if you just know, yeah, I know I want more of God's presence, I want to go where He wants me to go, not just doing my own thing, not just doing the stuff, but focusing on Him, I'm going to invite you to respond. You may be a grown up in the room this morning, you may be a boy or a girl who on other weeks might be in Treasure Kids, but you know, I love the presence of God and I want Him to lead me. And I'm just gonna invite you to stand. Because in a moment I'm gonna pray for a fresh sense of His presence. There's been a number of words this week about oil being poured out. And I'm gonna pray into that as a response as we come to close, a fresh oil. If you're at home, this is for you as well. I encourage you. You might need to stand up. You might want to kneel down. You might need to move if you're just sitting on a sofa or in bed or something. Position yourself to respond to him this morning. might help you to open your hands. Maybe even to say, Lord, will you go with me? I want you to go with me. Father, we thank you for pouring out your Holy Spirit for every person. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now, precious presence of the living God. We thank you for your love and your kindness towards us. We thank you your desire is to go with us undeserving as we are. We thank you for Jesus who makes it possible. We thank you for the promises that you've spoken that you'll never leave us and never forsake us. We thank you this week even for the words that have been spoken about your oil poured out, your hand on our heads, pouring out afresh your presence on your people. And so Lord, we respond to you today We bring our hearts to you. We bring our lives to you. We bring our desire for you. We want you to go with us, Lord. We know there's things that you've spoken of to us that we want to fulfill, but we want you more. So Lord, please meet us here. And even right now, please pour out your Holy Spirit afresh. Your presence afresh into every heart, rest your hand on every head. Holy Spirit, here in the room and every person joining us online or watching in the week, Holy Spirit, would you meet them, put your hand on their head and pour out your oil upon them. We ask you for a fresh anointing, Lord, a fresh measure of your presence to be poured out on each person and onto this house. Holy Spirit, please go with us. Fill us, lead us, guide us, know us, use us. Will you go with us, we pray. And let your name be honored. Your presence is seen amongst your people. We ask it in your precious name.